All right, so um, as we read in the book, and as we all know intuitively, we need friends, right? We need real people, not just online friends. We can text and post on their pages, but real friends we can touch, friends we can hug, we can cry with, we can have come over when we need to move, friends that come over when your husband's warehouse floods and thousands of dollars of goods are wet and you have to go through one by one and see is this good or is this wet and you guys showed up for us and we all need friends we need friends physical friends around us and in the book he talked about this a lot he talked about the art of listening and the art of loving one another well and he talked about this in a couple of ways we're going to focus in on this topic of listening the art of listening and throughout the book he mentioned the art of listening in sunday mornings how we as Christian fellowship are to gather together under the preaching of the word and listen together to the word of God being preached, right? We're to gather together. He had six practical tips from Bonhoeffer about how to love each other well through listening. And then he even talked about loving one another when someone rebukes you, when it's not easy, but someone speaks a difficult word and how maybe that's God trying to speak to you through someone else. So I want to wake us all up this morning. I know it's early. My morning voice is still there a little bit, <laughs> and so I want to hear from you. I want you to tell me two things. I want to think about the last time that someone really listened to you. They were looking at you, their body posture, they were engaged, they were asking you good questions, and they were following up. And I want to hear two things. Who was it, and how did it make you feel? Save the story for, we'll talk about that later in your smaller groups, but who was it, and how did it make you feel? Not hypothetical. Throw it out there. Yeah. Hmm. Amen. My How that make you feel? Makes me feel loved. Hmm. And heard. Loved and heard. Love it. About someone else. Yeah. Um, Heather. Hmm. And she made me feel understood. Understood. That's good. Maybe one or two more. These themes of feeling understood, feeling loved, feeling encouraged in the word and in the Lord, that's what true listening does, right? It builds you up. It makes you feel loved and understood. Um, but often, we don't do that, do we? We're very quick to share what we have to say and just go on with our day. And so uh, this isn't a new problem. I heard a story from Franklin D. Roosevelt that even as president of the United States, he was noticing that people weren't really listening to him either. He would have these huge events, you know, White House functions, foreign diplomats lined out the door, 
And he noticed it really didn't matter what he said to these foreign diplomats, they would just respond with the same thing. So thank you for having me, Mr. President. Oh, what a beautiful night, Mr. President. You know, good job on the blank initiative, Mr. President. And so one day he decided to do a little test. And the test was that he was going to mix up what he said and see if anyone noticed. So he had the function, the foreign diplomats were lined up, he had the same body posture, you know, big warm handshake, great big smile, and he would say, I murdered my grandmother this morning. <laughs> I murdered my grandmother this morning. Uh, but again, he gave no physical indication that that's what he was saying, and everyone responded exactly as they would have before. They said, oh, thank you for inviting me, Mr. President. You know, what a beautiful night, what a beautiful house, Mr. President. Good job on the blank initiative, Mr. President. They continued on as normal, except for one foreign diplomat who heard what he said, paused for a second, and responded by saying, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty normal, isn't it? We <laughs> he noticed what we all feel, and we're not even the President of the United States, but we're often not listening. We're more thinking about what we want to say in a conversation than what actually the other person is saying. So if you have your Bible, open up to James 1 with me. We're going to look there to start on this topic of listening. We're going to read verses 19 through 27. And it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently in the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and the religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from, becoming, from being polluted in the world. Okay, so scripture calls us to be quick to what? To listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. But often we do the opposite, right? We're very quick to speak and become angry, and we're very slow to listen. What I love about this passage and setting us up for this next couple of minutes, too, is it relates to what Jeannie taught us, doesn't it? It has different forms of listening within this passage. It talks about listening to the Word of God. That was week one with Jeannie, learning to read the Word and not just read it, but apply it to our lives. We don't want to be like a man who looks in the mirror, you know, maybe you got ready this morning, you did your makeup. It would be crazy if you looked at yourself in the mirror, you did your makeup, you brushed your teeth, and you turned around and you said, what? what color are my eyes again? <laughs> you know, do I have short hair or long hair? What do, I, what do I look, that would be crazy. And so we're not called to listen to the word and just forget it. We're called to listen and to do it. And so I like that it re relates to what Jeannie taught us, but also it talks about listening to one another, right? The practical uh, Christian fellowship, because we can be around people all the time and not really know how they're doing, right? You can be around someone for years and not know them, 
not know what's going on, not know what makes them anxious, not know what they're excited about. And so this is a huge part of Christian fellowship. So we're going to go deeper into this topic today. We're going to talk about big picture format of the next couple of minutes. We're talking about bad listening. So what does it look like to be a poor listener? And then what does it look like to be a good listener? And then finally, how do we grow in this area? But first, I have a test for you. So we're going to do a personal evaluation. You see that on, the, on your worksheet. If you don't have a pen, there's some by the door. But we're going to take a little quiz. Get you nice and awake this morning. I'm going to read the questions. And I want you, no peeking. This is just for you. Like, no, no cheating on each other's answers. But I want you to answer on a scale of 0 to 100. Um, this first question being, I am a good listener. So on a scale of 0 to 100, 100% of the time, are you listening well? 50%? 20? 0? How, how well would you engage your listening skills? You can make an X on that line. The next question, you can circle all that apply. So it might be more than one. When others are talking, I am completely listening to what they're saying. I am somewhat listening to what they're saying. I am rarely listening to what they're saying. I'm usually thinking about what I'm going to say next. Check all that apply there. Third, when others are talking, I feel engaged. I'm genuinely interested in knowing, what the, knowing the other person better. I feel neutral unless I'm with someone that I really enjoy or unless we're talking about something that I really enjoy. I can almost always guess what the person is going to say next. Or I feel bored. <laughs> so check all that apply there. Number four. My body posture reflects active listening. So that means I'm giving good eye contact. I'm not on my phone listening while texting. I'm not yawning. <laughs> my, my shoulders are engaged. You know, I'm, not, I'm not looking at you like this over my shoulder. I'm active listening. How often would you say? 100% of the time to 0% of the time. Mark your answer. Here's a, possibly a challenging one. In a conversation, I listen more than I speak. How much of the conversation are you talking generally? 50% of the time? 80? Are you speaking less, maybe 20% of a conversation? Number six, I ask intentional questions when talking with others. On a scale of zero to 100, how often do you think you do that? Number seven, when I say I'll pray for someone, I really do. I pray for them. How often? And finally, number eight, when someone shares a problem or they have a big event coming up, maybe it's a surgery or a test, I follow up with them to see how it went, just like Ms. Pearl did this morning. I, I follow up with someone when they have something come on, going on. How'd you do? You don't have to share your results right now, but these questions, 
to be clear, if you're grading yourself, you probably are gonna grade on a curve. So it would be actually even more effective if you were to ask someone close to you, your spouse, your roommate, your mom, hey, how good of a listener would you say that I am? You know, how, how often do I actually engage you with my body language um, and get more truthful answers? But the, the hope in doing this is, sometimes we can hear something like the art of listening and we think, I'm pretty good at that. Like I, I'm, I'm great, I'm a good listener, I know what you're saying, but truthfully, we can all grow in this. You know, many of us, many of you are wonderful listeners and I've benefited from that, my husband has, with your thoughtful conversations, your great questions and your care, and your wonderful conversationalists. And then most of the conversations that we have in Miami uh, are filled with zero question asking. Not any at all, <laughs> just one person talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And the other person may be inserting something here or there until eventually people get tired and hungry and go eat. <laughs> and so this is something, especially in Miami, that we can grow in is in good listening and in intentional question asking. So um, let's get started by talking. If you flip the worksheet over, like I shared at the beginning, we're going to start by talking about bad listening and then good listening and how to grow in this. A little bit of a theology of listening. Um, like I just said, we're in Miami, right? We love to talk. We talk fast. We talk loud. We talk over one another, we like to self-promote. <laughs> we often are thinking more and more interested in what we can have to say next and contribute to the conversation more than what the person actually talking is sharing at that moment. It is quite possible in Miami that if you don't speak up, you're not gonna speak at all. That's kind of the nature of conversation here. But should it be this way? Is that the way that the church should function? We want to engage well, love one another well, bear one another's burdens, and that comes from getting to know one another well. So let's talk through some examples of poor listening. I'm not judging you. I've done every single one of these probably this week. <laughs> and so we've all done these. But here are some examples of poor listening so we can identify it and learn how to grow. The first being pretend listening. Any parents in the room? Maybe your child is saying a really long story or they're talking about something again that you've heard over and over again or your spouse or your roommate, someone, and you just, you're not listening. You look like you're listening. Your body posture is good. You're giving them good eye contact, but you're thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. You're thinking about what you're going to cook for dinner. You're thinking about what someone told you earlier. You're not actually thinking about what they're saying. The problem with this is when we're pretend listening, we're fake loving. We're not actually loving. We're pretending to love, but we're not actually engaging well, loving them conversationally. We're pretending. We've all done that. <clears throat> Next is selective listening. Any wives in the room? Maybe you or your husband regularly struggle with selective listening. You listen to some things, the parts that interest you, the drama at work during lunch, <laughs> but the actual project details that your friend or your husband or your whoever, your roommate is working on, you don't care about those, so you, you tune those out. This can lead to huge gaps of information, and you might find yourself saying, you never told me that. And they did. <laughs> we just weren't listening. Next on our list is self-focused listening. So it can start with a really good sentence sometimes. I know how you feel. You hear someone share something that's going on, 
and you, you try to relate with them maybe at first, but soon you take over the spotlight. You are making the story, you're telling the story now about yourself, not to give a testimony of God's grace in your life, and not to point to something the Lord has done, but to steal the spotlight, to make it about you, and to redirect the conversation so that it's all about you. Next up is word listening. So this is ignoring body language, and this is actually a big one in the guy-girl dynamic, right? Sometimes, as girls, we should be better about communicating clearly. That's an important skill. Men don't know, they can't read our minds, and so sometimes we think, I wish he would buy me flowers, and you know, we don't communicate that, and they never know, and then we get, we get tense. But our words may not show that. Our words sound fine. Uh, we need to grow in our communication skills for sure, but if you're not listening to, or if you're not looking at someone's body language, you're gonna miss a huge part of communication. So maybe someone had a really bad week, they have bags under their eyes, they look disheveled and tired and they're yawning, but you ask them, hey, how are you doing? And they say, I'm doing great, doing awesome, how are you? You know, if you're just taking their words and not looking at their body to say, how are you, really? You're gonna miss a huge part of communication. And then finally, on our list of poor listening, we have combative listening. This is an argumentative kind of listening. It's listening for words that can be used to twist against the other person. So you'll see this happen in marriage a lot. You'll have a conversation and you'll take the first half of what they said and you'll store that away for a fight later. You're not listening to love and listening to communicate and engage well. You're listening to fight. You're listening for ammo for the next conversation that you can use and pull up for later. You're not listening graciously, thinking, um, not attributing evil intent and not um, trying to overlook and ask questions and engage well. You're listening to, to twist words for a fight for later. Jesus had this happen to him a lot, right? People used his words and they tried to trap him to twist his words so that they could use it against him for later. So uh, those are some bad reasons, or ways that we do bad listening, but why? Why do you think, talk to me for a second, why are we poor listeners sometimes? What's going on at the heart level? Could be lots of reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're tired, we're overwhelmed, we're distracted. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes that can even be a natural thing. If you talk to me on a Sunday morning, I'm going to be looking at you in the eyes with one eye on my son. <laughs> because he's three and he doesn't know self-preservation too well. And he might run out that door to the street. And my responsibility is as a mom first. And so it's a normal, natural thing that I want to listen to you well, but I'm also a little distracted. And so sometimes that can just happen by circumstance. You've had a really hard week, you're exhausted, you're trying to pay attention, it's just really hard. What are some other reasons that we can be bad listeners? Self-involved. Self Absolutely. Selfish, thinking about ourselves, self-involved, kind of just, again, the self-focused listening, just relating everything to ourselves. Good. Absolutely. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. Absolutely. Sometimes it's even, I know more than you. Well, that's not what you're saying now, but it can be 
pride. Like, I, I know more than you on this, on this subject, on this, this whatever we're talking about, so I don't want to listen to you talk about it. There's lots of reasons. Maybe it's insecurity. Sometimes we can feel insecure, and when there's quiet space, we just have to fill it. Maybe it's self-control. We just literally cannot keep our mouths shut. We just are in this habit of constantly talking. There's lots of reasons. And if we want to grow in this area, it is helpful to identify why we can be specifically, why am I sometimes a bad listener? Because then, if it's pride or if it's lack of self-control, the Bible has a lot to say about those things, about humbling ourselves, about self-control. And I can search the scriptures to see what does it have to say about that, and I can grow. So, moving on, though, from bad listening, we can all do it. Um, Let's move to the good. Is there hope for us? Yes, always. There's always hope for us in Christ. Um, And I want to give you three reasons why we should try to grow in this area uh, and then some practical tips of what that looks like. So first in your handout, you have number one under the good listening. We listen because God listens to us. So who God is impacts every part of our lives, right? It impacts what we wear, what we eat, what we do with our time, how we spend our money, what we say and what we don't say. It impacts everything. And the fact that our God, our creator, is the perfect listener, he listens to everything that we say, should impact how we listen to others. Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. So if we just pause there and think about that for a moment, that God hears every single one of our thoughts. Everyone. He hears every thought of every woman in this room, everyone around the globe. He knows everything. He knows whose clothes you envied this morning. He knows whose nails you judged. He knows what traffic stress brought on you know, this morning, what you're feeling anxious about. He knows every prayer that you've ever prayed. He remembers it. He's not distracted listening you know, thinking about how cold it is right here. <laughs> He's thinking about and fully fixed with his, his gaze upon you, the Psalms talk about. He is fully, completely listening to you. He hears it all. On earth, Jesus did this too. He modeled this really well. He was a good listener, a perfect question asker, listener, kind example, um, example of humility. It said that in the New Testament, there are 339 recorded questions that Jesus asked people. And that's the God of the universe who knows everything. He could have come saying, all right, guys, I'm God. You should worship me, you know. All right, guys, I've told you before, listen up, like, be kind to each other, love one another, stop fighting, that's it. But he engaged with others through questions, and a lot of them. Even as we were talking about a minute ago with, sometimes we think because we know more, we should be more, we should talk more. But Jesus, who knew everything, engaged with with others. He tried to draw them out through questions. You see that at the woman at the well in John 4, where he engages her. He starts with a question. Can I have a sip of water? Can I have some water? And he says, where's your husband? And he draws her out in conversation, even though he knew everything about her. Even when he's teaching in Luke 6, he's trying to teach them to love their enemies. And he says, he could have said, all right, guys, love your enemies. We've been over this before. Like, I love you. You're sinners. You should, you know. But he asked them a question, a hypothetical question. He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? You know, he's getting them to, he's drawing them out through question asking, through intentional, thoughtful questions. 
So if God is the perfect listener and the perfect teacher and the perfect question asker as his children, we should try to grow in this too, to engage one another conversationally and through good questions. So that's our first reason. We listen because God listens to us. Second, we listen because God tells us to. It's a clear command in scripture that we should be good listeners. What I would love is for you guys, so let's take turns with you guys reading out these verses. So if someone would read that verse, uh, Proverbs 17, 27 through 28. If someone would just read that out loud. Isn't that funny? Even the fool looks smart when he's quiet. <laughs> so don't talk too much. It's going to make you look like a fool. Okay, next one. Proverbs 18.2. Excellent. So if we're only ever sharing our opinions, it makes us foolish. And that's one of the worst words you could use in the Bible to describe someone as a fool. We don't want to be fools. Next one. Proverbs 18.13. So sometimes we can hear a little bit and then we respond without good question asking. We don't hear the other side. We don't hear the full details and we just think we know and we just respond really quickly. That also makes us foolish. Proverbs 18.15. Good. So we have the, the plus side here. We want to be women of wisdom who have our ears attuned to the things of wisdom. We want to seek counsel. We want to be one who acquires knowledge, not one who knows it all, <laughs> who doesn't need to learn, but who is a good learner by asking questions. So Proverbs 19, 27. Good. Again, called to listen, not just because we're called to love, but also because we're called to learn. And that's uh, an important part of, of listening. Last, we read this at the beginning, but let's read it again. Um, James 1.19. Excellent. These are commands. These are not just little suggestions about how we should live. This is how God is telling us how we are to live. Um, some of these being in the Proverbs of wise advice, and some of them, like in James, we see we are called to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Um, Proverbs 29, 20, which is not in your worksheet, but it says, do you, speak, do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. So again, this idea, if we're really quick with our words, we're really rash, uh, there's more hope for a fool than for the person who's really quick-tongued and who lets their words out without carefully thinking about what they're saying. So the Bible's pretty clear on this, but often we take other commands of God seriously. We know we're not going to kill anybody this morning, but we might not feel as convicted when we are very quick to speak. And so this is an area we can grow in. Finally, point three in our worksheet, we get to participate in God's mission. We get to join God in kingdom work when we love others conversationally by asking good questions. This is where the, the book narrowed in with the Bonhoeffer um, lessons about listening. Now, we get to love other people well. 
um, it's a form of love, right? When someone stops what they're doing and they look at you and they say, I want to hear how you're doing, it means that you're more important than quiet, which is the greatest gift of my life right now, is that you're more, you're more important. You're more important than Instagram. You're more important than me tuning out for a second and just checking my email. You're more important. I really want to hear how you are. It's costing my time and my energy, and you're worth that. Like, I care for you enough to offer you that. It's a way of loving people. And not only this, but if you are a good listener, we don't do it for the benefits, but it is, it is going to make your life a lot easier. It's going to make meeting someone on Sundays so much easier. If you're thinking about how can I love this person rather than performing conversationally, I don't have to perform. I want to just get to know you. It takes the pressure off so much. It's going to help your dating life, you know, if you're thinking about how to be a good conversationalist on a date. Again, it takes the pressure off of you, and it puts on, I just want to love this person regardless of how this date goes. I want to be a good conversationalist and love them well. It makes your marriages better. If you're not listening combatively, combatively or argumentatively, storing away, you know, a little bit of this to use as ammo for later, but graciously, going to transform your marriage. It's going to make evangelism easier, easier. We'll talk about that next time about evangelism. When we take the pressure off of, oh, I got to have this perfectly prepared speech. And instead it becomes, how can I love this person in front of me, made in the image of God who's lost, and I care for them. It just changes everything. There's a, a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. We were talking about it at a wedding yesterday. And the, the core of it is that people love to hear their own names. And so, if you, it, it will be easier for you in life if you are not putting the spotlight on yourself, but you are trying to love other people. And again, we don't do it for the benefits of winning friends. We do it because Christ tells us to, and he's modeled that for us. Um, but it's also going to be easier. Your life is going to be easier if you do that. So if you want to grow in community, ask good questions. Love one another conversationally. We'll t give a couple tips of specifically what that looks like, but here's an experiment idea for you. If you want to grow in this, take one day, just one, full day, start to finish, and don't talk about yourself at all. If someone asks you a question, you don't have to be too awkward. I mean, you can answer it and just redirect it back to them. But um, as much as possible, engage others. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them about their day, their week, their work. And then at the end of the day, reflect and see, how do you feel? Do you feel encouraged, like you feel actually pretty good about that? Do you feel unnoticed and unloved, like something's missing, <laughs> like you missed something today, affirmation of others? Do you feel like it was a real test of your self-control, like you just kept trying to share about yourself? Um, it would be a really helpful test to see and, I, and evaluate your emotions and your, your actions later. How was that for you? Okay, so moving on, let's say hopefully we are all convinced that the Bible tells us we should be good listeners. We don't want to be poor listeners. We don't want to be foolish. What could this look like practically? I have some practical tips how to grow in listening. This is basically the art of asking good questions. So the first one is going to be love others by asking questions. If you don't, if you're not used to this, you can start very simple. How are you? How was your week? But I'm going to give you some, some better questions that you can use later as well. But the hope of this is just to get in the habit of not thinking about yourself as much, like we talked about, the self-involvement that we can have, to start thinking about others by asking questions. Proverbs 25 says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. 
Isn't that cool that we get to draw people out? That is actually part of the joy of loving one another and we can do, well, loving one another, not another's. We can do that. We can love one another by expressing interest in how they're doing. And we can grow in this. And if, if you are growing in the art of question asking, you might find that people are opening up to you more and you don't know what to say. So suddenly you've asked an intentional question and they've shared something and you say, oh no, <laughs> how do I respond to this? So a couple ideas for you if someone is sharing something personal and you don't know how to respond. One is you can pray for them. In that moment, you don't have to offer the best advice in the world, just pray for them. God knows, <laughs> and you don't have to know the answer to every problem. You don't have to be the perfect counselor. He is the perfect counselor. So you can pray right then and just ask for the, whatever they need in that moment. And two is to look for ways that you can affirm what God is doing in their life. So let's say... You know, I'm talking to Tara, and Tara's had a really hard week, and she shares about all, she hasn't shared this with me, but all these hard things that are happening, and I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know what to say. And so I want to pray for her. I could pray for her right then. But she also, within this conversation, said, you know what? It's been really hard. I've been praying and asking the Lord for help. And I could affirm that in her, that that is not a fleshly thing. When we're having a hard time, we don't naturally say, I want to go to the Lord. We, we run from him in our flesh, right? That's the work of the Lord in her. And so I can say, hey, Tara, I know that there's a lot going on. Um, I just want to really encourage you. I see the Lord at work in you. I know when I'm going through a hard time, I just want to, you know, go inward. And you're running to the Lord. And praise God, like, that's his work in you. And so you can affirm from the smallest things to the biggest things of redirecting worship to the Lord in the big and in the little. So, again, you don't have to have the answer. You can pray and you can affirm what God is doing. Step number two of how to grow, be curious. Uh, I find people really interesting. So why you do what you do is more interesting to me than any movie. Uh, why did you move here? Why, how, did, how are you saved? Why does this conversation topic make you kind of bristle and tense up, but this one you just love? Like, why is that? We can aim to be curious and recognize that God is a creative God, and he has made us all in some ways so similar and in some ways so different. And that's the beauty of getting to know people. And even if we've known someone our entire lives, even if you've known someone for 40 years, they can grow, they can change, they can evolve. So don't assume that you know what they're going to say. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Be curious and ask good questions. Um, yeah, we can even find out areas where in curiosity, they're really excited about this topic. Let's go there deeper in conversation. Don't, you know, again, taking body, body um, what is it, eye contact and body posture into account. If you're recognizing someone really doesn't like talking about their hobbies and going to the beach, don't keep talking about that. Move to something that is more edifying and try to get deeper. If you're asking someone about what they do for fun, you can get in there and talk about community and you can go deeper into areas that they're actually interested in. Third, ask open-ended questions. So if I ask, Nozomi. If I ask Nozomi, do you like Miami? She's going to say yes, no, maybe, a little. <laughs> She's going to say yes. She said yes. <laughs> but if I said, hey, Nozomi, what do you like about Miami? How are you adjusting? The conversation is going to be entirely different, right? I am giving her the opportunity to share how she's actually doing. I was talking to uh, Olivia Doles this week, and she said that with her high schoolers, she would use the phrase, 
D's are where conversation go to die. <laughs> so D's being do, did, does. If you start a conversation, do you like Miami? Yes or no? Did you have fun? Yes or no? Does that excite you? Yes or no? You know, we want to ask how, what, why, those kinds of questions. Okay, so what if you have been talking to someone for a couple of minutes and you recognize that they're a really good question asker? You have been talking more than 50% of the time. Um, what can you do? So in Christian relationships, we should think about conversation as a way to love and serve one another. It's kind of like a ping pong game. So I'm going to hit the ball to Kayleen. She's going to hit the ping pong back. We're going to conversationally go back and forth. But what, what if she hits me the ball and I'm holding on to it for like 50%, then 60%. I'm just talking and talking and talking. And I'm realizing that. I'm self-aware. I'm realizing I've been talking a really long time. <laughs> first, the, the first step is to just be aware and to recognize that, you know, to acknowledge that maybe sometimes we can monopolize conversations and to be aware of that. But secondly, here's a three words that will help a lot. The words are, what about you? What about you? So, um, I met Maria last time I was here, and I saw her again on Sunday, and both times she did this, where I was asking her, hey, where are you from? What do you do? What do you like about Miami? That kind of thing. And she talked for a couple minutes, and then she said, what about you? Where are you from? And then I saw her on Sunday, same thing. I asked her, how was how's your week? How was these certain, certain things we talked about? She talked for a couple minutes, and then she said, what about you? How was your week? And it's just a very natural way. If you can't think of any questions on your own, that's a great way to ping-pong it back because we want it to be a back-and-forth in conversations, not hoarding the ball all to ourselves. So within that note, there is a spectrum, hopefully from that quiz on the back and just knowing yourself, there is a spectrum of people. Most people in Miami talk too much. That's just kind of how it is. But there is a smaller group that does not talk enough, that we are, I was like this as a kid. I think I said 10 words in high school during lunch because I was so nervous. I was insecure in my body. I was just nervous about what people were going to think about me, and so I just didn't speak at all. And so if that's you, then the way that you can love others is actually by engaging and vulnerably sharing of yourself, remembering Jesus loves you, you're safe. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake with your words because you're loved and accepted in Christ, and you don't have to worry about what people think about you. You are fully accepted. And so there is that smaller caveat we should address, but again, we're in Miami, so we're going to focus on the listening more <laughs> than the talking. Okay, next on our list is not there, but it is, you can add a little bullet point and put remember. So this is not just going through the motions of listening, but like Ms. Pearl did this morning, it's remembering what someone shared and asking them about it later. My dad is phenomenal at this. He, I called him a couple weeks ago, and he said, I'm, you know, what are you doing, Dad? And he said, I'm on my way to go get donuts for this guy, this tennis friend. So what's, what's up with the donuts? And he said, oh, this is the year, uh, this is the anniversary of the day that he became a U.S. citizen. And it's a really important day to him. And this friend had mentioned that in passing years before, but my dad wrote it down. And every year he tries to do something little, but something to remember that day. And he has a really bad memory. <laughs> like my dad is the worst memory, and I am similar in that. So I've learned from him that I need to write stuff down. So if you're with me for more than two seconds, you'll see that I'll often, you know, if you have a surgery July 15th, and I want to pray for you, I'm not going to remember. 
no way. So I'll say, hey Siri, remind me July 15th to pray for Ripley, you know, for this thing that's going on. Uh-oh. <laughs> Siri's going to remind me on July 15th <laughs> to pray for you. Um, and so use whatever. Use your calendar. Use your phone. Use whatever it is. But if you want to love someone w- well, they will be touched if you remember what they shared and you follow up with them. And then finally, think ahead. So if you know that you are going to be getting together with Garrett and Bernarda for dinner, and you know you're going to be getting together in advance, it's not a spontaneous thing, think ahead about some conversation topics that you know, things that are going on in their lives, things that you've talked about before, and have a couple in your pocket conversation questions, ideas that you can talk about. Again, my dad being so good at this, we went on vacation with him recently, and he started the the, um, vacation saying, hey, there's a couple things I want to talk to you about over the next couple of days. how the kids are doing with this and how Ronald's doing with school. And and he had these ideas because I know we've talked about it. He always thinks ahead. He plans the conversations ahead of time and it leads to more intentional conversations. And so we can do that too. Uh, Maybe you remember someone's mom is sick. Make a note of that and follow up with them. Or something is stressful in their lives. Make a note, follow up with them. Um, Okay, so what are some ways that you can ask questions? getting together with someone for dinner or coffee there's an acronym on your worksheet called Ford and this helps me a lot if I don't know what to ask and I don't know how to engage with someone I don't know them well yet here's some questions you can ask them the first is F is for family so you can ask how is their family how are their kids how are you doing in your parenting how's your marriage how's your parents how is, how are your, do you have siblings? Where are they? What do they do? You can talk about their family. Again, hopefully not rapid firing. You're not asking one question to the next to the next, not 20 questions, but you're asking a question to hopefully get into a substantive conversation where you can, substantive conversation, where you can, you can talk about things that matter. So you can ask them about their family. O is for occupation. That's their job. How's everything been at work? What do you do again? <laughs> How do you like it? What's stressful about work? What do you enjoy about your job? People spend most of their lives at their jobs, and so we can ask, how, how are your coworkers? We can ask them about their jobs. R is for recreation. Hobbies, friends. What do you do for fun? What does rest look like for you? Have you been able to get connected in Miami? Do you keep in touch with your friends back home? Um, are you reading any good books? This is again, recreation, friends, hobbies, and finally, dreams. D is for dreams. What goals do they have? What plans? Are you going anywhere this summer? Do you plan on staying at your job? Are you happy there? Are you hoping to go somewhere else? Um, What are you looking forward to these days? These can be good starts to get into deeper conversations. So you're meeting someone on a Sunday morning. You can go past, hey, how are you? That's fine, you can start there, absolutely. But if you know them, or you're getting into a deeper conversation after church, you could ask about Ford. Family, occupation, recreation, or dreams. Often, um, when, again, you're asking questions, people are gonna share more with you, and you have a great opportunity in that moment. I've heard it said like dishes, like when people are sharing their lives with you, it's kind of like dishware. (laughs) So, uh, you're at my house, I'm gonna serve you our normal plates. That's like me sharing my normal life with you. You ask me how I'm doing, I'm gonna share, you know, big picture, here's how things are. But every once in a while, 
I might give you something a little bit more personal. I'll give you the china. I'll give you a small plate of dessert on china. And how you respond to that, how you handle that dish, really influences what kind of dish I'm going to give you next time. If you take that dish and you throw it to the ground, you're getting plastic cups next time. <laughs> but if you handle it with care, you listen, you love, you pray, you engage well, next time I'll, I'll feel safe to share a little bit more with you. So a few rapid-fire uh, rapid suggestions, and then we're going to close. But a couple more tips on just growing to be a good listener to grow in Christian fellowship. Make sure you have margin for people. Sometimes we can be so busy. We just don't have the time. So make sure you have margin for community. Put away distractions, your phone, especially. It's so tempting. All the buzzing and the dinging. Put it away when you're talking to someone. If you don't understand what someone's saying, you don't have to pretend like you understood it. You can ask back. Hey, I hear you saying this. Is this what you're saying? I uh, just want to make sure that I understand. And you don't have to solve their problems. We've talked about this, but in Miami, we are very quick to offer advice. You have a problem, we got the solution. Sometimes people just want to talk and they want to share and they want a friend. And so you can even ask them, you know, hey, I hear this, repeat back, is this what's going on? I'm going to be praying for you. That sounds like it's, it's really, really hard. Um, hey, I have some thoughts on that. Do you want to hear them? Like, do you want to hear my advice or do you want me to just listen in this moment? Often people will be open to that, but they may not. And so you want to make sure that you're meeting them where they're at. And finally, don't gossip. This is an obvious one, but as people are sharing more of their lives, don't go behind their back and pass that along with others. <clears throat> so big picture, listening is, is an art. It's also a developmental skill that we can grow in. So you think of little kids and you think, they're not good listeners. My three-year-old, I want him to listen well, but he struggles with that. <laughs> He's learning. And for many of us, we just never learned. We never learned how to listen well. We learned how to talk, but not how to listen. And so this is actually a developmental skill that we can grow in, and the Lord wants to help us. This is something that he has designed for us to do well in community, and he wants to help us with this. So to wrap up, um, I started with a story about Pres President Franklin D. Roosevelt. And I want to close with a more personal story. So when we were overseas, we had a couple of miscarriages. I've shared this before. Uh, we were in Indonesia, and um, I didn't really have strong community there yet because we just moved. I was the only, there was one other American family there. And so I knew I needed support. It was a really difficult season. I reached out to a couple friends, and I asked for prayer, let them know what's going on. And the ways that people responded retrospectively <laughs> was really interesting. Uh, at the time, it was a little hurtful, some of them. I had a couple of friends who I shared what was going on, and they literally never asked a question, never followed up, nothing. Like, it's like I didn't say anything at all. Uh, one friend, I went over to her house, and I let her know the day before, hey, by the way, this is going on. I went over to the, her house. Literally not a, hey, how are you? How are you feeling? How can I pray for you? I thought maybe I made her uncomfortable, and so I didn't know how to respond either. I had other friends that had a lot of advice to give. So at least you know you can get pregnant. Have you tried this medicine? At least the baby wasn't that far along. At least you have a husband that loves you. I don't even have that. You know, a lot of at least and a lot of advice. And that's not what I needed in that moment. Then I had two friends 
who actually prayed with me, cried with me, followed up, loved me well. And those are the friends that I felt safe with, not just in the hard moments, but later for the good moments. I was safe to share all of those things with them because they had loved me in those moments when I needed it. You know, I had a professor in seminary who talked about, in his church at one time, he had three women who had miscarriages the same year, same season, same couple of months. And he asked us as a class, how are they feeling? These women who had miscarriages, what would you say? How are these women feeling who had miscarriages? Discouraged. What else? Grieving. Grieving. Angry, lonely, sad, could be a lot of things. And the professor let us talk and he let us share, like, here's probably how they're feeling. And then he stopped us and he said, you don't know. You have no idea how they're feeling until you ask them. So in this situation, the three women had three very different responses. So one was actually kind of relieved. <laughs> she had, her children were grown, you know, she would, have, she would have done the diaper thing again, but she was kind of relieved. One was a little bit more neutral. She, again, she would have been happy, but she wasn't sad because she was very content with her life and she was, she was okay. And the third was the traditional grief, discouraged, sad, angry, all of those things. And his encouragement to us was, you don't know how someone is feeling until you ask them. That comes through good questions. That comes through good listening. That comes through not assuming by being curious. You know, we, we can assume a lot without knowing anything. So um, if you want to grow in Christian community, grow in the ways that you love one another. If you pass someone on a Sunday morning and you say, hey, how are you? They're gonna say, good. How are you, you know? But if you pause and you look them in the eye and you say, how are you? How is work? How is your mom doing? I heard she was sick. How, how are you feeling within your parenting? And you look in the, them in the eyes, you're gonna actually hear more of how they're doing. And so it's a call to, to stop, to have margin and to listen well and to love one another. Because when we do that, we get to grow to be like Christ.